Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Why, yes, indeed, it is time for Critical Thinking. And, of course, I am Andrew Coppins. He is Pat Oni. Follow us on social media at The Coppins Show at The Pat Oni Show. Of course, do not forget rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Subscribe there so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like to listen to the show instead of watch it, we understand. We would like you to watch the show. Well, go ahead and listen to it anyway over on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Uh, please rate, review, five stars, thumbs it up, whatever your preferred podcasting platform does. Because believe it or not, those are things that help us grow the show. And they take, like, what, two seconds, Pat? Basically. Yeah. If you can't take two seconds out of your day to help a brother out, I I, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Now, that being said, it is Truth or Fiction Tuesday on the show. Um, and, of course, we'll have the Babylon Bee at some point in time, or the Bee or not the Bee, as I like to call it. Um, so we'll, we'll figure out if it's going to be the Babylon Bee or not the Bee.com. Uh, today on the show, uh, but we have a lot to get into with truth or truth or fiction. So I think we're going to start there, and I'm going to start with my first of two truth or fictions on the show. Truth or fiction: Guns are a public health issue. Fiction. Okay, why? How can a gun be a public health problem? Because guns kill people would... and people kill people with guns and themselves. And Right. So, so guns aren't the issue. People are the issue. So whether if we're, go- if we're going down the road of like, say, mental illness for a second, mental illness is the health issue, not the gun. 
The gun just happens to be the means of whatever their crazy plan is, or lack thereof, and that that's how they execute it. The gun itself is not the problem. It's just the tool of which that person decides to use. Um, so no, no, I I don't know. It, it, it's not the public health issue that uh, uh, many would have us believe that it is. Yeah, um, I can understand why some people would think this to be a public health issue, right? Mm -hmm. Because gun violence has increased, especially since the pandemic start and, and all of that goodness. But right. I don't know if people understand what is meant by public health. And if you don't, have you been paying attention to the CDC? Have you been paying attention to the NIH, the NIAID? Those are quote unquote public the last two years. Right. And that's where I was going. Over the course of the last two plus years, what, 20, 28 months now almost? Right. They're the ones who make things their business. And in the name of quote unquote public health, They've done all sorts of things. Public health really is just a way to, uh, quote unquote, study things and then create policy based off of those studies. And I have a very large problem with the CDC doing anything when it comes to gun violence, when it comes to domestic violence when it comes to anything that doesn't actually i don't know wait for this deal with disease and viruses gee what happens when you uh lock people up for however long and promise them 300 and some odd days to flatten the curve plus now back in june um the New York Times released a 11-minute documentary titled It Was Really a Love Story, How an NRA Ally Became a Gun Safety Advocate, telling the great story of Dr. Mark L. Rosenberg, who oversaw research on gun violence at the CDC and the, uh, as the director of its National Center for Injury Prevention and Control. What? What? Right. But it was a relationship between him and NRA point man, Rep. Jay Dickey, Republican of Arkansas, all the way back in the 1990s, Pat. And they became the best of friends. Uh-huh. We're the two best friends that anyone could have. Except for it was all built on a lie. Um, pray tell. Well, you see, um, remember in 1996, there was a bill that prohibited the CDC from using federal funding to advocate for gun control. That was what, um, that, that bill in 96, that gun violence bill, um, that was the compromise that got the NRA on board, right? So the CDC can no longer do it. In the story goes something like this, that uh, the 1993 CDC-funded study, which was the quote-unquote first piece funded by external scientists, um, 
they they allegedly tell us that it showed that owning guns made Americans overwhelmingly less safe, right? Now, in the film, the 11-minute documentary that some would suggest is about as true as the wonderful um, Rings of Power, The NRA, quote-unquote, lobbied for the Dickey Amendment because of the 93 study damning and its damning results, right? It wasn't good for business, according to the documentary and Rosenberg. And they went to Congress and they said, you've got to stop the research because it's going to result in all the Americans losing their rights to have a gun, right? Slippery slope, slippery slope, slippery slope. Huh? Uh, There's just a... um, there's just a problem with that. Um, what, what, what's that exactly? Well, that study in 1993 uh, titled Gun Ownership as a Risk Factor for a Homicide in the Home, and it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, by the way, so reputable, right? Um, well, that 1993 study looked at a whole 388 people who had been killed in their homes and then matched them to 388 neighbors of similar age, sex, and race. Now, 174 of the victims lived in houses where at least one gun was present versus only 139 of the matched controls. So you had a difference of what? Less than 75 or, well, less than 55, right? If I'm doing the math correct here, seven plus four. So yeah, less than 45. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, you are 200% more likely to, to die in your home if you had a gun and 400% more likely to kill yourself vis-a-vis the study, right? That was the narrative that came out of that study in 1993. Um, Pat. Yeah. First of all, the study never addressed your suicide risk at all. They never looked into suicidality in the control group at all. So if that wasn't part of your um, research, how could your methodology come up with that exactly? It didn't. The New York Times did this June. Oh, oh, that. See, this is starting to make more sense now. Now, it did find that households in which a resident had been murdered at home had a 25% greater frequency of having a gun in the home. Uh-huh. 25%, not 200%. But uh-huh. it also never told us that owning a gun increases your risk of being killed by a gun by 25%. All it simply said is that it is 25% more likely that you're, there's a gun in the home if you were killed by a gun in your home. Those two things are not, those two things can be mutually exclusive, by the way. You could be murdered by somebody spraying bullets down the street and have a gun in your house, right, Pat? Were you murdered by that gun? No. Because it is all about the the base rate fallacy. This, This is the problem that I have with gun control advocacy as public health we cannot as a society 
analyze basic data correctly in any way, shape, or form. And the New York Times leads us down a path over the past few months that is completely and utterly false. All for what? A political narrative. And we already know what about the CDC. It is 100% a political animal. It's not interested in, in listening to its own studies, because if it were over the course of COVID, I don't know, after about three to, f three to five months, it would have lifted all restrictions. It would have lifted all requirements of students, uh, you know, not being in classrooms, right? At a bare minimum, those were every study that the CDC presented to the American people told us that students were safer in school than out of school, by the way when it came to um, getting or transmitting COVID-19. Now, I want you to, to understand the base rate fallacy. So let's suppose that 10 people are murdered in their homes. Okay. Five of them, five of those homes had guns. Now, a matched set of 10 people, right? Which is what this study was doing. R age, race, sex, right? You kind of match up a profile of these individuals, right? And 10 people were not murdered in their homes, found only four homes had guns, right? So less, right? A 25% more chance of guns in the home for a murdered victim than non-murdered victims. Again, five versus four would be a 25% difference. But what if you put those 20 people in the context of another million, none of whom were murdered in their homes, half of whom had guns in their homes and half who didn't? The rate of gun owners being murdered at home becomes five out of 500,000, while the rate for non-gun owners becomes five out of 500,000 and 11. 5,000. 500,009 versus 500,011. The risk would now become 0.0004% higher. Your chances would become that much higher. And what is this what does that fallacy tell you, Pat? It tells you you can't broad stroke something when you have such a small subset of people. It's the base rate, right? So the base rate being 25%, is that applicable across a larger subset of people? No. It would be different if you were saying that 500,000 or, you know, 500,000 people and then went backwards to 388% or 388 people and you got the same result, right? Right. <laughs> I want you to think about that. The New York Times wants you to believe 200 and 400%, right? You're 200% more likely to die and 400% more likely to commit suicide if there's a gun in your home. That's what they want you to, to believe based off of a 1993 study by the CDC. The reality of that study is actually that once you extrapolate that out to a much broader population, because we know what, there's almost a two to one gun versus uh, people situation in America, right? 
So if you extrapolate that to a much broader perspective, your chance of dying from a gun versus being uh, uh, your chance of being murdered in your home, whether you have a gun or not, the difference is less than what? Not even half of a percent. We're talking 0.0004. That's four one thousand or ten hundred. That's four ten thousandths of a chance, folks. That's the difference we're talking about. So statistically speaking, Pat, what would you say? It doesn't exist. There is no difference between gun ownership and non-gun ownership and your chances of being murdered in your home. Zero. There is no difference. You know, I, I would be very curious to compare this study. If, if they're going to call this a public health crisis, I would be very curious to compare this study with those that have gotten the jab. Mm-hmm. They have died mm-hmm. shortly after getting the jab. Oh, but there's still some more here, Pat. Oh, good. Because did you know that also included in this study was a look at security at in the home? Did somebody have security, right? Uh-huh. Well, guess are, what? Are 38% more victims, 38% more victims had controlled security access to their home. Mm-hmm. So why not lobby against Gates as public health, right? Gates don't do anything to secure yourself. In fact, you're 38% quote unquote more likely to die in your home if you have security. That's idiotic, right? Yeah. Also, by the way, did you know that renting and living alone So being a renter by yourself is a much, much more dangerous proposition than having a gun in your house. How how that? What are they using in terms of their methodology to come up with this stuff? Hmm? What are they doing in terms of methodology? Because this this this, can't be. It's a 1993 study. I'm I'm just Mm. simply pointing out some of the things that they found. They found. This is the this is the problem, right? And this is why we're going back to 1993 because the CDC cannot do this anymore, right? But my point in all of this is, in 1993, they were doing what they've been doing: the IHME model, right? The Imperial College modeling of COVID. Now, yes, did the Imperial College model uh, become correct? That that about 2 million Americans would die from COVID-19, Pat. Did that come correct? Eventually. Right. (laughs) Eventually, over the course of a number of years, here's here's the rub in all of that, right? They said it would happen in less than six months. Yeah, it took two years and change. What what have I what have I always contended, Pat? Garbage data in means garbage data will come out, right? Correct. Garbage data in Correct. equals garbage data out. Correlation does not equal causation. This is the problem. Statistical methodology being flawed. And it's flawed in the direction always of what? Scare and fear mongering. 
it is always from a public health perspective, somehow everything is deadly and the sky is going to fall. Now, I want you to think about this, Pat, because in this study, overall, 40.6% of the subjects and controls, by the way, 40.6% of them had guns in the house. So if gun ownership has no effect on the homicide rate, there's a 4% chance that 174 or more of the subjects would own guns. That's less than the arbitrary 5% threshold that many journals use, right, for their statistical modeling. So, the results are deemed statistically significant. Because it was 40.6, right? So, and by the way, that we're also accounting for no errors in the data that was being collected in these studies. And, and, and I can go back to the, the, the Nature magazine, right? Nature.com study at the beginning of the COVID outbreak, right? In which they looked at a study of, of hospital workers who had engaged in the use of masks for a long extended period of time and then did a study, a control group of the same amount of people in a controlled environment talking about viral load, right? What was in the air? What was aerosolized from them? The mask versus non-mask individuals had no difference between the two of them. And in fact, the mask individuals report worse conditions because they get migraines. They get all sorts of other issues related to oxygen levels. They get all sorts of other things. The study said, yes, it is true. Wearing a mask can prevent droplets, right? But, but the amount of time somebody not wearing a mask would have to be in contact with the same aerosolized um, environment would be over 30 minutes. How many of you stand in one spot? One direct spot for 30 minutes at a time without ever moving. The answer is nobody ever does that. And so why guns cannot be a public health issue, why it cannot go this route, is because we can't trust their statistical modeling. We cannot trust them to be accurate in reporting on this issue, there this is politicized to a degree in which we can't even fathom. Kind of sounds like uh, the, the uh, New York Times may have a bit of an agenda here. Right. They're using a, a flawed study from the CDC to prove a point that the CDC should be able to study guns as a public health issue. Are you kidding me? And by the way, there is evidence out there that um, Jay Dickey, who um, passed away in 2017 from Parkinson's, um, came to regret um, partnering up with Rosenberg and doing anything with this 1993 study. 
He had a change of heart because the weight of all of the incidents that have occurred, the kids and the innocent people who are being killed deserve our attention, right? But in the same clip from that CNN um, interview, okay, he has ongoing concerns about the 93 study and how it was carried out. We wanted research done for gun violence, and that was what the money was paid for. But we found out as we went along that not only was the research being done just to support gun control, but we weren't even given access to what the collected data was. So it was clear that we needed to do something and to stop what was being done. And that's why Dickey actually put that amendment in there in 1996. He put it in there because, not because he wanted to, to change of heart right? No, it's because he wanted to protect the American people from this kind of statistical abuse, this kind of experts know everything, right? Type of abuse. And, and we saw it. We saw it in the COVID-19 pandemic. Trust the experts, right? Trust the experts. The experts were wrong every single time, at least the quote-unquote public health experts that you were supposed to listen to. If you listen to a Scott Atlas or Peter McCullough, uh, Simone uh, Gold, if you listened to people who are actually doing real science and real studies of these things, you would have been far better off in your own life because you would have been doing what? Taking vitamin D. You would have prepared with some ivermectin and early intervention techniques to help your chances of not going to the hospital without having to get a God knows what it's going to do to you jab. Because the jab is basically now a we uh, hope and pray scenario for COVID-19. It isn't the, the end-all be-all. It doesn't prevent you from getting sick. And when you get sick, Paxlovid, the thing the government is shoving down your throat, literally in some cases, doesn't do dick either. I've had COVID at least once, maybe twice. I don't know about the second time uh, because it was inconclusive. At least the at-home testing twice was inconclusive. But I, what did I do? Took vitamin D, drank orange juice, took some ivermectin, um, made sure that I was also taking, you know, omega fatty acids and, and things that would help um, your immune system. And went, a, went on my day. Two and a half days later, I was totally fine. Totally fine. In a day and a half, my fever broke and my coughing, went, uh, my nose, stuffy nose went away. Sometimes, not everything is a political fight. Guns being a public, anything outside of actual disease and virus should never be the purview of the CDC. Never. We have given these bureaucrats way too much already. And how in the hell anybody can advocate for them having this level of control of your life is beyond me at this point. And with that, I mean, though, Pat, um, your final thoughts here, and then let's move on to your first truth or fiction. I mean, at this point, should we even be trusting the CDC with, with public health issues? At this point, 
given given the atrocities that that they've been a part of for the last two and a half years right i would i would i would say that uh, we have to be skeptical Mm -hmm. but we also have to realize that there are scientists and people there who are doing real work it's just been politicized by people like rochelle wolinsky you know our uh the science trademark the truth registered trademark lord savior president dr anthony fauci soon to be retired the science retired the truth retired lord savior president dr anthony fauci does he does he lose his uh registered trademark titles once he retires no mm. now that having been said, you know what he should be losing? His pension. Yeah. That's what he should be losing. Considering he's made millions off of this. Yeah. Uh, last report, nine. Just nine million, by the way. Nine to yeah. million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's in he's he's hurting for money mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yep. Him and his wife are totally hurting for money. Anyway, yeah. Pat, um, your first truth or fiction. Well, since you know we kind of went down the whole CDC route, I thought I would bring this up. Oh no! Truth or fiction? The DOJ will eventually investigate and prosecute those who call out gender surgeries online. Fiction. And here's okay, why: well, because mm-hmm. the light got shown on them immediately. That. Uh, if they could have gotten away with this in the cover of darkness, right? Mm. And what have we talked about in terms of one of the steps on reviving liberty, Pat? Shine a light. Shine a light. This is what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to go nuts, right? You don't have to, you know, be that conspiracy theory individual. All you have to do is shine a light. All you have to do is let them speak and let their own words damn themselves. Here we have a group, Pat, who, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, this is the American Medical Association. And by the way, if you are a member of this association, what the hell are you doing? Get out, get away. This isn't a requirement of you in any way, shape, or form. Now, I can also tell you from a different professional perspective, there are organizations in which right now, because of their cartel-like status, you have to join in order to get the right access to do your job. I believe that to be utterly anti-competitive and anti-American, but that notwithstanding, um. The American Medical Association advocating for the DOJ investigation of those who dare to question queer gender theory or queer theory or anybody who dares to question the mutilation of, I don't know, a 10-year-old child for what? Being confused in the moment? I I suggest and offer up Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's daughter as an example for you. And I only bring it up because they've been pretty public about the struggle that their daughter had gone through. 
she went through a quote unquote tomboy phase and then believed to be um a a uh, boy right so what did mm. they do they dressed her in more boyish clothes but they refused to go down the rest of the road and three years later she's a girl there's a big difference between how they handle it and how the uh apparently the american medical association wants you to handle it get all the surgeries all the time why because money 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 vanderbilt and by the way pat this isn't just radical places like vanderbilt or wisconsin right university of wisconsin a very radical leftist uh campus to begin with right mm-hmm. uw medicine um I don't know if you caught this story out of Maine, but remember uh, Kenny Bunkport, famous home for the Bushes, right? Sure. Uh-huh. Their summer home, Kenny Bunkport, yeah. Maine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, Barbara Bush has a child or children's hospital or children's wing at a hospital named after her uh-huh. for her philanthropic endeavors. Uh-huh. I am pretty sure that Barbara Bush is, uh, I don't know rolling in her grave right now because she's dead right yeah she's yeah. yeah i could not remember off off the top of my head um but um yeah they're 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 advocating for this um advocating for chest binding tucking uh mutilation you know um it, so this is why i think this is fiction though pat because we are shining that light. If they could get away with this in darkness, if they could get away with attempting this before we were able, you know, putting the apparatus in place to do this before we were able to get to them, they would. But they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar here. <laughs> Much like they did with the Loudoun County, the Fairfax, Virginia cases, right? where somehow now the DOJ is going to advocate for you being a domestic terrorist for showing up to a school board meeting to suggest that in-person classes is the way to go. And and how dare you allow um, a quote-unquote gender-confused individual to rape multiple people before you do anything about it? And then you try to cover it up when it's publicly brought before them? Yeah. We, you we took caught you. Up. We caught you, DOJ, before you could do that this time. Yep. You, you took the words out of my mouth. By the way, I, this is if they could do it, they would. If Merrick Garland could mm-hmm. do this and get away with it, he absolutely they would have done it already. Mm-hmm. Even, but they're no, they won't do this because of that. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. Um, now, I think, you know, I also advocate for uh, the position of Matt Walsh on this one. Um, he noted yesterday um, on Twitter the following. I think it's worth reiterating that some of the biggest and most powerful medical organizations in the country are now calling on the federal government to prosecute and imprison those of us who criticize their medical practices. We are entering a super very dark time. I am ready. He also noted this, and and I think this is important. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this, truth or fiction. Mm-hmm. I believe that gender ideology is one of the greatest evils in human history. 
There is nothing they can threaten that would make me back down from this fight. I would rather be dead than surrender to this madness. It is as simple as that. That's what Matt Walsh had to say yesterday. And you're asking me if that's truth or fiction? Do you believe that? Yep. Do you believe Matt Walsh believes that? Yep. I, I Well, he definitely believes it. I, I, I think it's at least up there. And and something I that I've thought about um, over the last few days is if because honestly what what happened at Vanderbilt every everyone there that was involved or complicit with the mutilating of kids should be put on trial hands down should be put on trial and prosecuted to the the fullest potential of the law right and I I, I honestly have come to the conclusion. That it that is so evil that the only way the only real justice I think we could get out of that of of mutilating our kids is potentially going to the gallows. And I don't know. I think I'd be one of the one of the guys that would would be more than happy to kick out the chairs from all of these people and let them hang for what they what they've done to our kids. And, and the abuse that they have spread throughout this country. Mm-hmm. They absolutely deserve what's coming. 100% deserve what's coming to them. With that being said, though, I think it is time for us to have a little bit of fun on the show. Are you ready to play the B or not the B? Are you, Pat? Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely ready. Uh, Earth to Pat. Earth I, I I thought you were gonna play the little buzzy thing, so I was just waiting. Uh, generally speaking, uh, if there's a question, there's a response, and then that happens. But what anyway, you know? um, yeah. that technical glitch notwithstanding. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was that the thing you were? Uh... That was the thing I was waiting for. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So today's headline. Judge rules polyamorous relationships have the same legal protections as two-person couples. uh, Judge rules polyamorous relationships have the same legal protections as two-person couples. While you're thinking about that, Pat, um, folks, please, if you want good coffee at good prices, small-batched coffee, coffee roasted, not put on shelves, but literally roasted for you on an individual level, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, the official coffee of this show, Critical Thinking. That's right, the official coffee of Critical Thinking, coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout for 5% off of your purchase. Um, This is a brand that, while, yes, a little more expensive than normal, they do small batch roasting. They literally roast it in front of your order. So they're not roasting it and then putting it on the shelf and then packaging it. No, no, no. It's literally roast package off to you. 5% off by using the coupon code critical thinking at checkout. 5% off of your purchase. They've got salted caramel. They've got uh, jack-o'-lantern flavored uh, coffee right now. They also have so many, like a light roast, a medium roast, a really dark roast, even a roaster's blend. Um, They also have a try-it-all package. You can get them ground, whole bean. You can get all sorts of wonderful goodness over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. 
Again, coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the code CRITICALTHINKING. 5% off your purchase today. All right, Pat, with that out of the way, do you need the headline one more time? One more time. Judge rules polyamorous relationships have the same legal protections as two-person couples. Is that the B or not the B? That is my question. And um, oh, while you're thinking one. about that, always look on the bright side of life. I'm going to go with not the B because just understanding what time it is and the times that we live... Yeah, I'm going to go with not the B on this one. Trust your instincts because you are correct. New York judge rules polyamorous relationships have the same legal protections as two-person couples. Now, remember Obergefell? <clears throat> uh-huh. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, remember I remember that. Remember the yeah, judges yeah. asking what was next? Uh, one of the primary concerns was being what? Polygamy? Yeah. And we have talked about that on the show. Remember, um, Justice Samuel Alito ruling, suppose, or in his dissent saying, suppose we rule in favor of you in this case. And then after that, a group consisting of two men and two women apply for a marriage license. Would there be any ground for denying them a license? Chief Justice John Roberts, that bastion of super conservatism, right, wrote this in his dissent. Although the majority randomly inserts the adjective to in various places, it offers no reason at all why the two-person element of the core definition of marriage may be preserved while the man-woman element may not. That was That's the crux of his argument. It, you're now telling us that, that we can't define marriage as a man versus a woman, a man and a woman, right? We can't define that as the, the element that makes a marriage. What does make a marriage then, right? The left accused all of us, by the way, at that point, slippery slope arguments, and you're just a bunch of bigots, right? The sky is falling. Well, <clears throat> a New York judge has just ruled in favor of a polyamorous relationship in regards to rent control using Obergefell as the precedent. And even amazingly citing Justice John Roberts' dissent as part of his rationale. In the case of West 49th Street LLC versus O'Neill, involved three men, Scott Anderson, Robert Romano, and Marcus uh, O'Neill. Anderson and Romano were legally married but living apart. O'Neill and Anderson lived together in an apartment. All three were in a relationship together. Anderson died, and O'Neill wanted to keep the apartment at the same rent from Anderson's lease, according to New York's rent control policies, which was pretty good, just $1,048 per month in New York City. Of course, the landlord wanted to raise the rent. In the end, the judge rules in favor of the thruple. No, I'm not making that word up. Yeah, that's right. I guess that means we're just one step to fulfilling the bee's prophecy of liberal Christians figuring they'll just go ahead and accept polygamy as well. Now, I don't know all the legal details of this case, right? I don't know them all. But um, just because it's not an acceptable rhetorical device right for logical fallacies like slippery slope arguments um to to work in a debate club doesn't mean they're not true in reality I, 
what's a marriage, right? Right. I, you know, honestly, I can't say that I didn't see this coming. Right, because if things don't have a real definable practice in practice, right? If they don't have a real definition in practice, what is it? Exactly. Exactly. What's a marriage? What's a marriage? Sadly, I think that's our new t-shirt, Pat. I mean, I remember when all this was going on, I, one of the things that my roommate and I were always asking at the time was, well, what about polygamy then? You know, because let, let's just, I mean, because for, for two seconds, let's say that you're bisexual and that you're attracted to both men and women. How do you choose? Especially if you have two relationships in your life. On each oh side. yeah, no, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you in in it's, any way, shape, or form, and that's the point of there's a difference between uh, a civil or spiritual union. Sure, and a I agree. Marriage. I I 120 percent agree, but this was but then, then when you dare to ask that question, mm-hmm. and we asked this question not supporting it, by the way. Yeah. Um. But we asked this to kind of to, just to prove a point, if. If if you ask that question, you are somehow a bigot. Yes. It's a legitimate question, though. That is correct. All right. So, Pat, your next uh, truth or fiction, please. Okay. Truth or fiction. Russia can't win the war in Ukraine without using nukes. <sighs> Truth. Um, here's why. Because when I take a look at this, right, we've seen them uh, uh, attempt to overwhelm Ukraine with forces, right, and with um, targeting specific strategic, you know, and also structural parts of, of Ukraine. And now we have Ukraine pushing them back. It's largely because of weapons. It's largely because of that. But it's also because there's a difference in the morale, if you will, of the two sides. Not the morals, because I think the morals are disgusting on both sides here. But the morale. The Russian troops are giving up. The Russian troops don't understand what this fight is for. Right? They're they're propping up a puppet, and they don't like losing their lives for meaninglessness. Meanwhile, the other side has the morale to fight for their lives, their country, right? And they're beating back the forces with no morale. What what who's who's winning that that type of a fight, right? As far as we can tell, Ukraine. So that's why I go with this being truth, because without some sort of a biological, chemical, nuclear intervention on the behalf of Russia, how do they win? We're sending them billions upon tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars every month. In fact, I think we spent more on the war in Ukraine than we did on our own farm subsidies here in America, our own farm stuff here in America last year, over the course of this last year. 
I, I can't remember exactly what it was that it, we spent more on Ukraine than something here in the United States, and it was insane. I just can't remember what it was. So just a sub-truth or fiction before I, I give my answer on this. Uh, taking, taking you know, the idea of nukes out of it, Russia just can't win the war. Yeah, I mean, that's 100% true. And if they do use do do use nukes, truth or fiction, uh, U.S. and NATO will destroy Russian forces. What does it matter? Is my response. If they use a nuclear weapon, who gives a shit if we destroy their entire uh, war fighting apparatus? Uh, the, they used a nuke. <laughs> There's nothing you could do that would. You can't one-up that. You can't... The time to destroy the troops would be before they launch a nuclear weapon. I, I, I would agree with that that premise. I All in all, though, I'm going to go with fiction on this because I don't think they have to use nukes. I think they, they could go down the biological or chemical weapon route. No, um, see, I don't think they have those, those capabilities. That's that's the thing. I don't think they have enough in the biological or chem and weapon chemical weaponry arsenal to do it. You, yes, we know that they have biological and chemical weapons, but what we've seen them do with those biological and chemical weapons is small scale attacks, right, on right. specific individuals. I don't know if they have the the capability of mass producing and more importantly mass distributing that type of a a situation. Mm. And and. That that very well may be true. That that may be true. I I, I don't know. Um, but th that's the reason why I I, I err on that side. Um, no, that's fair and, enough. And here's here, the other thing I would say too is, I don't know that Putin is a madman. I do, however, think he is desperate. So I would not put the use of nukes past him. Oh, he's a it desperate madman. He's a hundred percent a desperate madman. He is. He is. Hitler in the Fuhrer bunker right now. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, he's, he's desperate par because yeah, he's, des he's watching them lose ground in Crimea. He's watching mm -hmm. them uh in his troops being pushed back into Russia, right? He tried the well, guess what? We we had a referendum in the eastern Ukraine and uh they want to be part of Russia. No, they didn't. No, no, no. <clears throat> that was not real. 99%? Nah, yeah, nice try. Could I believe it would win by like 55, 45, something like that? Maybe. Possibly. But let, let's actually let that happen in real life. Like, now, he is a desperate madman clinging to power, clinging to whatever he can to remain in power. And that's a dangerous uh, proposition to begin with, and it's made even more dangerous by the fact that we have an absolute incompetent buffoon in office as the commander-in-chief of our troops. And we have some of the most woke, insane, incomp it, oh, incompetent, actual warfighting generals I have ever seen. Yep. You, you trust Lloyd Austin? No. Hell no. Do you trust him to understand how to win an actual war on the ground? Hell no. 
I mean, theoretically, we could probably hit their infrastructure and thus allowing a disabling of a potential nuclear attack without having to fire a bullet. Uh, we have that potential. Uh, but again, do, I don't know we're do, our, do, the, do the powers that be understand what's going on? I don't think so. I don't know that we're competent enough to carry that out. That's the problem. All right. With that, Pat, um, I've got one quick last truth or fiction. Republicans okay. are to blame for the ban or the delay. Let's try this again. Republicans are to blame for the delay on the stock ban voting in Congress. It's Republicans' fault. Um, how, they're not in the majority, so how could it be their fault? So therefore, I would have to go with fiction. I mean, that feels more like a Nancy Pelosi delay than it does a Republican delay. Um, I'm actually going to go with truth on this. Okay. But it's not for the way that Nancy Pelosi thinks and the Democrats okay. are going to tell you. It's because the Republicans see this as a mealy-mouthed, toothless bill. And how do I know it? Because Steny Hoyer, Steny freaking Hoyer, the majority leader in the House, was refusing to vote for it. Why? Because they didn't see the penalties being harsh enough for insider trading. That's the point. Yeah. That, that yes, is a great you're point. Correct. They are to blame for not wanting this particular bill to pass, but it's because they don't believe this to be a bill that will do anything. Well, here's the thing. If you were to if you were to flip the power in Congress right now, would Republicans pass this bill or or put this on the floor? Or 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 do everything they can to avoid this because they're just as complicit in the whole insider stock trading and all that sort of stuff as Democrats are. A lot of them are. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I if 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 the if the powers were reversed, this wouldn't be any different. So in in, in that regard, this this could be truth. Yeah, and by the way, this this quote unquote ban on insider trading and quote unquote you know the stock act and this that or the other thing, right? Uh-huh. Question for you: What is the what is the penalty for violating it, Pat? Isn't it usually jail time? Mm, no. Or is that just for you and me? No. The, Gee, the penalty the for a member of Congress, its family, its spouses, blah, 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 blah. Right now it stands at $200. It would go up to $1,000 in the Stock Act. That's chump change for these guys. A thousand dollar fine for multi million dollar gains? Yes, please. Yeah. The problem is that you have to make the the punishment worse than the crime, right? Oh, and by the way, you made a million dollars. You're paying that million dollars in fines, right? It's just that simple. What did you gain? You now lose that. You don't pass go. You do not collect two hundred dollars. That is that is how you play this game. Oh, and by the way, you owe an extra million dollars. So you owe double what you made if you're found guilty of this, by the way. You made $50, you're fined $100. You made $500,000, you're fined a million. 
That's how you do that. That'll stop it real quick. You made $10 million, yeah. you now owe us $20 million. And by the way, that money is payable to the United States Treasury. Thank you for the taxpayer uh, collection. And by the way, um, that money goes into a fund in which uh, the taxpayers get uh, money back every year. Or what about just paying down the deficit? Either way. Yeah. With that being said, though, Pat, do you have any final thoughts on today's show? Well, it's going to be don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And folks, it's really time to wake up and realize what time it is because things are getting dark. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.